Wow. So let me say again how grateful Lan and I are to be a part of this church right here, right now. And I want, I want to say a word to the many uh, families in our church that uh, have someone who is disabled, someone with special needs in your home. You are a gift to this church. You're a gift. And uh, I'm so grateful that you're here. Let me say just three, three words, three details uh, that just add on to what uh, Todd and and Fred and Nancy shared. Number one, as Todd said, we're trusting God for this vision and we won't drag this out. We, we are trusting the Lord to provide in the next six months and uh, we'll move toward August and then we'll go forward and we will uh, adjust the, uh, the, the construction and what we do according to that which is raised. And incidentally, that works both ways. If God uh, provides more than we imagine, then we'll adapt accordingly. But we're going to invest this money in the, the, the vision God's put on our hearts. Second, I don't believe the Lord would have given us this vision and this passion if he didn't intend to carry it through like he does every other time. And so there will not be a campaign. Uh, that's not what we're going to do. We're trusting that the Lord is going to move in each of our hearts uh, to consider how we might give over and above how we normally give uh, so that the Lord will provide as he always has done in the history of this church. And I'm grateful. And a third detail I found out this week I want to share with you. As is so often the case, in fact, always the case at Kingsland, when God puts on our hearts something to do in our own church, we get to take that same burden and carry it to the nations. And I discovered that uh, the missions ministry has been working for some time on putting and constructing the very first center to serve special needs uh, children in Somaliland, Africa. The first center in the entire nation. That's coming next year. So thank you. How cool is that? God has been so good to us, and I'm so grateful. Uh, let's move back now into Revelation, the book of Revelation. Would you turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 8 together? We are, uh, we're going to see a picture here that uh, is a, another great insight. We're obviously not in the tribulation right now, but we gain some insight in what takes place during the time of the tribulation and how, uh, how God's people are communicating with God and how this connection takes place between heaven and earth. And incidentally, while we're not in the tribulation right now, the same connection exists between ourselves and God's people. You know what that connection is? That connection is prayer. It is prayer. What would we do without prayer? Prayer is a powerful force. Andrew Murray said in relation to his people, God works only in answer to prayer. And he goes on to say, in prayer, we change our natural strength for the supernatural strength of God. Do you believe that? Well, we gain some insight in this passage by now. The seals have been opened. The trumpet judgments are about to begin. In the midst of this, we have this glimpse of heaven, and we notice a very important picture. One of the, the wonderful gifts we've had during this, season, this uh, series is uh, having someone read the passage of Scripture from uh, among the nations that God has brought to Kingsland. Every week that we gather here, there are between seven and ten languages, native languages spoken here, and today is no exception. I want to invite Evangeline Paul to come and share the scripture today. Just a little trivia. You might remember a couple of weeks ago, Aaron Paul, uh, her husband, shared in Tamil. He's from southern India, and Evangeline Paul is sharing in Hindi. And so I asked her after the last service, I said, so tell me, are you from India too? She said, no, I'm from Fiji. And I said, they speak Hindi in Fiji, and she said, no, well, my family does. <laughs> 150 years before that, her family uh, immigrated to Fiji, and they were from India. They spoke in Hindi at home. And I said, so, so you met Aaron in southern India? She said, no, I met uh, Aaron in California. So there you go. 
But isn't it cool how God has brought the nations in so many places into just the Paul home, but also, also into our church. And so, Evangeline, thank you for reading. Would you begin by reading in Hindi, Revelation 8, verses 1 through 5. Prakashit Vakye Adhyay Aat Jab usne sadvi mohar kholi, to swarg mein aadhe ghante tak sannata chha Tab maine un saaton swarg dhuton ko dekha. जो परमेश्वर के सामने खड़े रहते हैं और उन्हें सात तुरियां दी गई फिर एक और स्वर्गदूत सोने का धूपदान लिए हुए आया और वेदी के निकट खड़ा हुआ और उसको बहुत धूप दिया गया कि सब पवित्र लोगों की प्रार्थनाओं के साथ सोने की उस वेदी पर जो सिंहासन के सामने है चढ़ाएं उस धूप का धुआं पवित्र लोगों की प्रार्थनाओं सहित स्वर्गदूत के हाथ से परमेश्वर के सामने पहुंच गया तब स्वर्गदूत ने धूप दान लेकर उसमें वेदी की आग भरी और पृथ्वी पर डाल दी और गर्जन और शब्द और बिजलियां और भूकंप होने लगे एंड नाउ इन इंग्लिश रेवलेशंस चैप्टर 8 व्हेन ही ओपेंड द सेवेंथ सील देयर वाज साइलेंस इन हेवन फॉर अबाउट हाफ एन आवर then I saw the seven angels who stand in the presence of God. Seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar. He was given a large amount of incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the gold altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up in the presence of God from the angel's hand. The angel took the incense burner, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it to the earth. There were rumblings of thunder, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Evangeline. So are you with me? There is this picture of the throne room, and there are bowls of incense brought before the Lord. And uh, this came up another time, incidentally, at the beginning of opening of the seals in Revelation 5.8. Remember this? When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and golden bowls, there it is again, filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Practically, what are these bowls? Well, we see this throughout the scripture, these bowls of incense, incense rising up this sweet aroma that's a part of worship. It's a tangible, scented act of worship before the throne. But we also see symbolically in these bowls of incense going up before the Lord, what? The prayers of the saints. And when we read about this, these prayers going up before the Lord, we gain some tremendous insight about our prayers. I can't wait to share it with you. Can I share with you some insights about your prayers that are found in this incredible picture that we have here? Here's the first insight. Listen, our prayers are precious to God. Once again, as we've seen throughout this study, in order to fully understand what's going on in Revelation, you have to look at the whole Bible and specifically oftentimes to the Old Testament. You see, throughout the Old Testament scriptures, we see this incense not only as a fragrant offering before the Lord, but representing the prayers of the saints. Let me show you. So Moses in Exodus is given instructions for the layout of the tabernacle. 
and I'm going to draw it here for you. Several people uh, in the last service said they thought I was drawing a basketball play. I'm really not. Okay, this is, this is supposed to be the tabernacle, the tent of meeting where Israel in the wilderness would come to meet with the Lord. And so this is actually separated by a curtain here, as we'll see, a very thick curtain. So there's two sections inside. Outside of the tabernacle, we have two elements. We have the brazen altar where there is a fire, where sacrifices, lambs are sacrifices on behalf of the people to atone for their sin. Then we have another element just before you go in. It's smaller. It is the laver, and that is where the priest would wash his hands and his feet and sometimes his face before he entered into the holy place. There is the holy place and the most holy place where they seldom go. Only the high priests would go in there once a year, remember, or the holy of holies. Now, what's inside the holy place? Down here, very specifically on the southern end, this is facing west, we have, we have the lantern or the lampstand. Some of you know the menorah, right? On this side, we have the table of the showbread where the bread offering is made. And then up right in the back, up against the curtain, you would have the altar of incense that we're talking about today. It was 36, feet, or 36 inches high, 18 inches wide, very similar in dimensions to this stool right here. So this is right against the curtain. And then what's behind the curtain? There is another element. That is the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat above that. And the, the Ark of the Covenant is the place where God, the glory of God, would dwell among his people. So we have some very important, significant, specific, intricate detail of imagery here that takes place that helps us understand what's taking place. When we demonstrate the image in, in, or the, the uh, illustration in Revelation chapter 5 and chapter 8 of uh, these golden bowls of incense going before the Lord, and they are representing the prayers of the people. Let me give you a couple of different artistic impressions or depictions of the altar of incense on the screen. You'll notice they're a little bit different because we really don't know exactly, but we know that one, one of these artists has demonstrated as a bowl in the altar. And so there's, there's sort of a bowl that's made in the altar. And the other one on the left is a bowl that's on top of the altar that's carried. And we don't know exactly how it works, but you can see that the sweet-smelling incense is being burned and going up before the Lord. Did you know that when you pray, your prayers are sweet-smelling to God? They are precious to God. Psalm 141 verse 2 talks about this. It says, may my prayer be set before you as incense. The raising of my hands is the evening offering. Your prayers are an act of worship to the Lord. Even more, we understand why this is so precious to God. Because remember that when the incense goes before the Lord, it's actually rising up in smoke because it is burning. Well, how is it burning? It's burning because there is a hot coal that is taken from the brazen altar and carried in. We find this out in Numbers chapter 16, verse 46. Listen, then Moses told Aaron, take your fire pan, place fire from the altar in it, and add incense. Go quickly to the community to make atonement for them because wrath has come from the Lord. The plague has begun. It's given a picture of what takes place. You place a coal from the altar. What takes place on the altar? Sacrifice. And so we enter in in this way. We've seen throughout the book of Revelation that our lamb is the lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And so we enter in with confidence, just as this priest would have done, there would have been a sacrifice made at the altar. 
the coal from that sacrifice enters in. So there's atonement that takes place before they even enter in. And then as they enter in by the blood of the sacrifice, in fact, there's blood actually sprinkled on the corners of the, of the altar of incense. Now that goes before the Lord. Do you see why it's so important that we pray in Jesus' name? It's not just something we say to kind of hang up in our prayers. That's the reason we have this authority because of what the Lord Jesus has done. It's by the blood sacrifice that we enter in through prayer. And, it, and your prayers are precious to God. Why? Because we are the children of God. That's why. Listen, I'm guessing uh, with the people watching today and those who are here in person, both here in the courts, that there's probably somebody here in your heart of hearts, you know you've never trusted Christ as Savior and Lord. That's the first step, do you see? You trust the Lord Jesus Christ. You receive that forgiveness that only he can bring. And that gives us the privilege of praying, of communicating with a holy God. It's a wonderful thing. Your prayers are precious to God. Can I show you another insight? Our prayers not only are precious to God, our prayers reach the throne of God. Do you ever feel at times when you're praying that you're just like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling or off the wall? No, that's not the case. I can tell you on the authority of the word of God that your prayers reach the throne of God. Remember the layout of the tabernacle? The altar of incense is placed right at the edge of the curtain. This massive thick curtain of the Holy of Holies. Why? Because that incense goes up, the smoke goes up, and it extends beyond the veil. So it's as though it's already there. In fact, you might write in the margin of your Bible, Hebrews chapter 9. When Hebrews chapter 9 is describing the elements in the tabernacle and then in the temple, do you know that it actually describes the altar of incense as behind the curtain in the Holy of Holies? It's not that the writer of Hebrews was contradicting anyone else in the scripture. No. By context, we know that the altar of incense was in the most holy place, or the holy place, not the most holy place. Why would he write that? Because it was as if it was in the very presence of God because that incense went up and the aroma filled the place, the most holy place of the dwelling of God. Listen, when we pray, our prayers go beyond the veil. That's the picture. That's the beauty of it. Let me give you another example. You can write this in your margins or even turn over there, but Luke chapter 1. The account of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Remember Zechariah and Elizabeth, John the Baptist's parents? They receive a vision. Some of you remember that they're going to have a son there of old age. They've been praying for so long for a child. They haven't been able to conceive, and so they're probably given up. Well, Zechariah was of the priestly line, and apparently what took place was they would draw by lot every year a priest who would have the, the privilege of entering into the holy place and carrying up to the altar the offering of incense. It's a tremendous honor, probably the only time in his life that he got to do this. But we learned some things about the incense in this passage. Listen while I read Luke 1, 8 through 13. When his division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. It happened that he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. At the hour of incense, watch this, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Isn't that cool? They understood the significance of that offering. Even as they smelled the incense, they knew that it was as if their own prayers were entering into the holy place before the throne of a holy God, but it gets even better. Remember, Zechariah has been praying for so long and so he walks in there, and it tells us, an angel of the Lord 
appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. He's been praying all that time. I wonder whether in his old age he's walking in saying, isn't it ironic that old Zechariah gets chosen when you know, I've waited all this time and God didn't answer my prayers. And lo and behold, there is an angel. Here's Zechariah. He's carrying probably something. Have you all seen like Catholic churches on Christmas Eve and they're waving the little bowl of incense, the smoke, probably something similar like that. We don't know. And, and the vapor is going up and he walks in. He's headed to the altar and there's this mighty angel there. I don't know what he said in that moment, but I wonder if he didn't say, holy smoke. <laughs> Sorry. I told Lana I was going to use that. She said, please do not. I said, I have to now. I feel compelled as a dad to do that. Imagine he walks in. There's an angel standing there. And it says, when Zacharias saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Watch this. Because your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will call him John. What was the angel's message to Zechariah? It's the same message that God has for you today. Listen, your prayer in Jesus' name has been heard. It gives new meaning to the imagery in Hebrews 4.16. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Listen, when you pray, your prayers reach the throne of the king of kings. That's what the word of God says. Your prayers are precious to God. Our prayers are received and reach the throne of God. I want to tell you something else here. Our prayers move the heart of God. Have you ever heard somebody say, you know, the most important thing about prayer is not that it changes God, but that it changes you. That sounds really nice, and it's true that prayer changes us, but that is not the most important thing about prayer. Don't get this idea that we just pray because it's a nice mantra that makes us feel good about ourselves and gives us a nice, peaceful, easy feeling. You can get that with the eagles, right? That's not what it's talking about. No. When we pray in Jesus' name, some of you haven't explained that to your kids. Like, what is this what's he talking about? Man, I got to get back on track. Holy smoke, eagles. None of that's in my notes. <laughs> Prayer changes things. Do you believe that? We see it all through the scripture. I think about Exodus 32. Moses is speaking to God after Israel has rebelled and God is going to wipe them all out. And Moses begs God. He entreats God. He appeals to God. He prays. And verse 14 says, so the Lord relented concerning the disaster. He had said he would bring on his people. We see the same thing throughout Scripture. In the New Testament, James instructs the believers to pray for one another when they're suffering, and he tells them why in James 5, 16. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Most of you, a lot of you memorize that. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do you believe that? It's true. That's what the Word of God said. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Do you see God wants to do good things for his people and things happen when we pray that would not happen if we did not pray. I've lived long enough on this earth to see God answer prayers that would not have happened had people not prayed. God answers prayers. And of all the prayers I pray for Kingsland right now, it's that we would be a people of prayer. 
Most of you know two or three people in your life. Names come to your mind right now when I say prayer warriors. You know people that you consider prayer warriors. They're people who just have a special access like a hotline to God. And when you have a problem, you call the prayer warriors. Praise God for prayer warriors. But can I tell you a little secret about prayer warriors that they tell you the same thing? They don't have a superpower. They just pray. They just pray. You can do the same thing. And I pray that God would stir in our hearts at Kingsland to be a people of prayer. You know, we, we're spending this month, the last month and this month, uh, talking about a commitment to the four habits, rest, bless, gather, and go. We have the commitment wall outside that you can sign. You have a couple more weeks to do that before we have our consecration, uh, dedication Sunday. We have celebration Sunday this coming Sunday. We'll talk about the uh, resetting our vision of the 10,000 homes. And then we have our dedication Sunday. But let me tell you something. None of that stuff happens apart from prayer. We're beginning a, a campaign with 18 other churches in our area in March called Awaken West Houston. And for the first time that I know of, we're going to pray by name for 30 days for every household in KDISD. That's over 90,000 households. It's going to take about 5,400 believers in Christ who commit to pray by name. You'll be given 17 names apiece. I need you to sign up. I've already promised that the churches around the area that we'll have 750 people do it, so don't make me look like a fool, all right? It'd be great if we had 1,500. And incidentally, if you're married, husband and wife can have separate names. Students, you can have separate names. If you'll commit to pray for them, we can do it. Can you imagine what God will do if we pray by name for the households in this community? I believe God will do it. When was the last time you asked great things of God? Let's never settle, church. Let's ask God to do things that only he can do. Let me ask you a question. If at the end of the service today, I gave you a special opportunity, I said, I, I want to give you a guarantee. If you will pray a prayer today, just right here, right now, that prayer is going to go directly to the throne room of God. And he's going to hear your prayer. And it's going to change his heart. What would you pray? Because on the authority of the word of God, my friend, I can tell you, that's going to happen. Let us pray. Let us pray. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of coming before the throne, even right now, God. Lord, I pray that we'd never take that for granted. That you... You love our prayers. You hear our prayers. You answer our prayers. God, would you make us a people of prayer even right now? Heavenly Father, I pray for the man or woman who came today or who's watching today who's never trusted you as Savior. And Lord, I pray that today would be that moment. And God, for all of us here, Lord, would you give us a renewed confidence and passion to seek you in prayer? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, would you stand with me? We're going to sing one chorus together. And as we do, I want to invite our, some of our, our ministers, prayer leaders here to come and receive you for prayer. Men and women who will be available even as we close in a moment. If you have a need for prayer, you come. This altar will be open. If you need to pray, you come. But before we close, let's sing this together. Sing this. Holy, there is no one like you, there is none beside you. 
family. I'm going to close this in just a moment. And when we do, I know many are going to head off to community groups and uh, to the rest of the day. But as they're doing that, there are some of you that need to do some business with God right here. And so as others are departing, I hope that you'll take a moment to come this way. We'd be so honored to pray for you. Maybe you're facing a challenge that seems overwhelming. Aren't you grateful we can bring that before the throne of grace today? Maybe there's somebody here who needs to trust Jesus. Don't leave here without talking with somebody. Let's respond as God leads us. So Heavenly Father, as we go from this place, I pray that we would be a people of prayer that approach you boldly and expectantly. Thank you for what you're going to do because of those prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.